When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Gerald Farrelly. And I'm Neve Kepner. And you are listening to Agony Rants. Happy New Year. Happy New Year 2022. Oh, it's so exciting. Like, It'll be like no other. Like no other or maybe the same. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much going to be the same. I mean, where we are now, it's like the same. The same. Groundhog Day. I often say, you know, I always joke about my mum used to always ask the question after epic moments in your life, like, when, you know, when you made your communion and all those sort of things, you know, those moments in your life or on your birthday. And she always asked the same question. Do you feel any different? <laughs> and the truth is, I have never felt any different after New Year's Eve. <laughs> to me, New Year's never. Eve is just one of those things, you know, that is everybody makes a big fuss over and it is the biggest anticlimax ever because nothing changes. You know, the the most stressful thing is I remember when I was young and everybody should just jump up and go, Happy New Year and all this and that. And, and then awkward stuff would happen, like, you know, people dancing where they wouldn't. And, and it was very awkward or maybe you'd go out into the street and maybe you were the only family who went out. I don't know. It was it was just awkward. It felt awkward. And I never really enjoyed it. No, as a thing. I never enjoyed it. I don't enjoy it on so many levels. Like mm-hmm. one of the levels that I don't enjoy it on is that it's kind of like a benchmark. So you're kind of like, oh, what have I done this year? What have I to do next year? I hate anything like that. Yeah. But I also hate it because <laughs> you look what all of a sudden there's like a neighbor flinging open the door, running out and banging pots and pans. You know, and that used to be the tradition that you were supposed yeah. to like open the door to what was it to let Is it the, the new year is- in and then to bang pots to like scare away the the bad stuff. Demon. Yeah. Mm, who knows? I, I mean, I, look, I live beside a lot of lunatics. Okay. <laughs> it could have just been them. It might have just been, you know, to ward you off. I don't know. Maybe yeah, that. Mental health Were you problems. inappropriate? Were you inappropriate with them? You know, maybe no. one New Year? <laughs> uh, but, uh, I told them to stop banging pots <laughs> at 12 o'clock at night, if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny, actually, because, you know, I, I know people on New Year's Eve. It was such a big night in their head and they loved the big party and all. And I suppose when I was about 18, I started gigging on New Year's Eve and to me it was just a faff like and it always seemed yeah. such a difficult thing because it was always you had to time the ten- the countdown and it's an awful pressure to get the countdown right if you're the one doing it. They don't even do it. They don't even get it right on RTE I know. where they have people <laughs> whose job it is to watch the clock <laughs> and you've got Miriam at five past twelve <laughs> realising there's somebody been waving at her for five minutes to start counting from 15 <laughs> that feels like a very mom- specific moment in your life but, I've watched it far too much but for a long time I haven't actually worked New Year's Eve if I can help it unless there's like so much money I can stop oh, laughing like yeah. yeah that's a different yeah. conversation whenever <laughs> whenever there's a big payment like we can always bend the rules I know but funny enough actually you and I are old enough to have lived through the New Year's Eve of a lifetime which was the millennium 
The mo- yes. The, the millennium. millennium. Yes. <laughs> I was working in Cleary's that Christmas. Oh, you see, very yeah. different lives. I was uh, in Germany first, <laughs> on the steps of the Reichstag. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, no, it was. You know, actually, I was determined that year not to work it. I, right. I because very early on in 1999, people started talking about the telephone numbers they were going to charge for the millennium. It was going to be the New Year's Eve to end all New Year's Eve they're going to make the biggest money they're all going to retire and I mean I never heard such rubbish about it and I got really cross about it because I'm already in a bad place the fact that people think they can charge twice their fee on New Year's Eve just because it's New Year's Eve because I don't agree with that okay I don't yeah, I, I get why they think it, they, they should charge more money for it in the sense they think I should be out partying on this night and so uh, because I'm giving up my party. But actually, your this job... Musicians. Yes, yeah. your job requires to work antisocial hours anyway. Yeah. You know, what is this about? New Year's Eve is no different, right? And then venues charge more money. Everybody, everything is more on that one day. And the truth is... Meh. You know, I know. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Millennium, they started talking about it very early on, and then suddenly, um, you know, things got cancelled because people suddenly went, "Actually, no, I'm not going to pay seven million pounds to look at somebody di- jive around a room." They just really didn't. I can't even remember why the impetus stopped, but lots of the big events that they thought they were going to have in big arenas suddenly just died a death because people suddenly went. New Year's no. Eve is New Year's Eve. Yeah. No. Why like, am I going to have to pay? It's an anti-climax. It's 40 people deep at the bar. Yeah. And then I got a call out of nowhere to go to Germany to sing um, uh, three songs at this big UNICEF dinner. And I, I'm not saying I didn't really want to go, but I was kind of, I was going to go down to Cork to my friends down there and do that. And I wasn't going to go. And I said, no, I'm happy with what I'm doing. Sure. Tell them I'm not available. And they went, but how much would change that mind? And I said, well, just give them a stupid number and that'll sort that out. And they said, OK, to the stupid number. And then I said, OK, then. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode, we're talking about New Year's resolutions. So, like, do you have anything you do, like... New Year's. Yeah, New Year's resolution is not a thing I do. I mean, when you're young, you do it and you talk about it and we all talk about the same things. I don't care where. You might dress it up any way you like, but it's always about, you know, improving yourself in some way and all that. But the truth is, my feeling is I don't do it New Year. There's an awful lot of pressure. Once a year, and I won't tell you when, I write a letter to myself. And what I've done it from very young and I put the letter away for the year. And then I take it out next year and I read it. And in this letter, what I do is I write about what's been good, about what I've done in the last year, what I'm worried about, what I'd like to do better, you know, all of those kind of things. I just put in where I am in my life and where I'd like to be. And what I do then is sometimes you get to the end of the year and loads of things have happened. Sometimes you feel like nothing has happened. But weirdly, when you read that letter, you realise things have changed, even if you feel they've stayed the same. That's really good. Yeah, and and so... Do you keep them? Um, like, do you have them from years ago? I don't, actually, because I keep them from the previous year. Uh, unless something really specific has happened, I don't keep the letters. Because I understand why you'd want to keep them, right? As it, I suppose, we, in retrospect, it would have been an amazing kind of thing, because I've been doing it since I was 17, Oh. Um, and the reason for it is 
sometimes you feel like you're not moving in your life. Sometimes you want to get something out and it's not a grievance you want to get out or anything. It's not that. Sometimes you need to kind of put out exactly how you feel. Okay. Right. And or what you want. And sometimes you just don't feel you can do it in the real world. So it's sometimes it's nice to just have a space to touchstone. It's like a touchstone. And if you give it space and go back to it, you'll be surprised. It really helps you to realize even if things haven't moved on that much, but you will see movement and change and even how you feel about what it is you've written in that letter will have changed in over time. But because you're not remembering it exactly right, physically writing it down changes it. Wow. Okay. And even physically reading about it in a year, you see that you've actually moved on. So it does help you. And that life has happened, even if things were bad and you're, you've you moved on. And even if you're still feeling bad, you will see the, the difference between the two. Between the two letters. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's really important. And don't get me wrong, this, the same things come up all the time. I want to lose weight. I want to do this. That, you know, those kind of things come in. But it's not just about that. It's about your aspirations for how you feel about things, how you think. It's it's You have to be really honest with yourself in it, but it's only for you. Okay. So you don't. So nobody that's else gets to see it. No, that's why I don't keep it. I I okay. need to see the progression in the year, but you can't go back twenty years and look at it because what you wanted twenty years ago is very different. Certainly for me, anyway, very different to what you need to be wanting now. You know, so it's it's really okay. So it's not about lifelong ambitions. It's just no. about what you want to do for the year. Yes, and it okay. kind of helps you focus a little bit. But sometimes the minutiae of life takes over and you forget what it is you're focusing on. And I know that sounds really weird, but it is good occasionally to take time. I don't think people really assess themselves on New Year's Eve. They feel the pressure to, and sit, but they actually don't really do it. They don't. They just go, oh, New Year's Eve, we're going to make the resolutions, which we all know we break. And, you know, it's not realistic. It's all too big. It's all the big stuff. You know, in, in some ways, you've got to focus on the little things that kind of make it because they're the things that make a difference, not the big stuff. The big yeah. stuff happens because the little stuff gets done. Like, don't let New Year's Eve freak you out. Because you can't. I mean, no. it's one day. It's a it's, lot of pressure. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. And also, you're also, it's no harm to use it as a little benchmark to take yeah. stock. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be New Year's Eve. That's what I'm saying. That's what the letter is for me. Do you know oh, what I mean? Right, that okay. sense, it's, it, it is a similar concept. But Oprah does that on her birthday. Oh, we love Oprah. Apparently what Oprah does, she goes and gets colonoscopy and everything. And does a load of scans on her birthday because it's her gift to herself. It's like she she deals with her health on her birthday. She gets everything okay. checked. I'm glad you said it deals fine. with her health, right? I mean, I'm not sure colonoscopy is ever a gift. And to be fair, she's right. So mentally, you should do a little health check as well. You know, it's, yeah. just, it's a similar kind of thing. You I know, think it's easier to be to feel mentally healthy when you've got billions in the bank. <laughs> I think billionaires find, you know, all this, there's not as much stress in it. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. I suspect they have their own stresses, but you know. I know. I don't think, I don't think Oprah, <laughs> I don't think she's down like the local hospital sitting in a queue waiting for her colonoscopy no. again with her arse no. out. No, that's not the way I think Oprah it, does there things. might be even classical music going on. You exactly. know what I mean? There I might think, be birds singing. You don't know. You don't know. I think it's a situation that the colonoscopy comes to Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> we all need to assess. And I suppose people use New Year's resolutions as a thing, you know, to say, I'm going to make resolutions today. And it's always good to kind of find new habits and break in new things and that will help you. However, New Year's resolutions often broken. Yeah. Very I mean, few totally. people keep them. Yeah, very few people. I've kept, the, I've kept, there's been a couple that I have kept. 
that uh, examples that worked. Now, I mean, literally one or two. Okay, I mean, come mostly, on. I remember one year I wanted to do a first aid course. Okay. And I did it. Okay. Yeah. So have you kept it up? Um, I Yeah. Well, I did it through work, so they paid for it. So I haven't kept, I don't, my license isn't current to use one of those like defibrillators, but I do know what I'm doing in that situation. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but I've only, I've only ever used first aid once. Uh, I gave a woman a Heimlich maneuver in a Starbucks. Amazing. Yeah. That feels like a story. And do you know what? I'll be honest. I kind of regretted it. <laughs> because it's a the thing they what? tell you. Was she not nice? <laughs> they tell you that, they tell you this on the first aid course that it's if, if you ever have to do the Heimlich maneuver. You don't get the reaction. That you think. You don't get thanks. No. And you don't get, you get like, you have utterly violated me. <laughs> because they're so especially, embarrassed. Especially on a woman. Yeah. 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 And uh, so I had to leave Starbucks. I swear to God, if I start choking again, <laughs> I'd be sitting back with me frothy coffee. <laughs> you can sort yourself out this time. But you know what the weirdest thing happened after that was? I was going on stage in Edinburgh in a club like one of those day compilation gigs. And this guy came up to me and he said, oh, and I thought he was like, oh, you're the comedian. Yeah. But he was like, oh, I saw you give the Heimlich maneuver to somebody in a Starbucks. And I had to go straight on stage and I never got the rest of the story, but apparently he was in the Starbucks and saw it happen. Who was this person? Where was the know. Starbucks? Was no it idea. in? It was in Dublin. This was in Edinburgh. Wow. There we go. Stalker. <laughs> <laughs> Can we spell Stalker. <laughs> Do you see him much? <laughs> no, but listen, I'd love a stalker. <laughs> Would you? I'd love a stalker. It's and nice to know that somebody has interest. Oh, God. Mind you, a stalker's not going to want much out of my life, to be fair. You know, when I was younger, maybe I might have been a bit more freaked by that. Now it might be comforting to know that somebody's actually That's going to nice watch to me if I fall. There. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're of an age if you break a hip there's going to be somebody there to call an ambulance or may maybe maybe the defibrillator situation you know exactly you see it's nice to know that you won't choke will you be my stalker uh, I'll totally be your stalker again <laughs> it'll no be problem. a nice circle to our relationship I'll pick up the mantle <laughs> <laughs> okay so we did we get a good response to the New Year's resolutions? We did, yeah. We asked for what you're going to do for New Year's resolutions and a few people got in touch. Uh, first up, Sandra. She said, I decided next year to be more tolerant. <laughs> <laughs> Fail. Fail. No, I know, I know Neve is, is hoping this rubs off, but no. Uh, mm. I've been on a really short fuse with my kids lately. Um, but next year, I'm going to try and be really patient. Uh, it might mean I have to have a mug of wine on the go the whole time but how bad <laughs> listen Sandra 100% I knew a woman the only way I that you're going to be more tolerant is to have a mug on the of wine on the go I knew a woman who used to keep a bottle of gin in her hot press <laughs> she'd go as if she was putting the towels in anyway so <laughs> have a quick swig get her through the next moment we I think regularly I made resolutions in my head for tolerance and Often I found the level of noise in the house raised in exact reference to how uh, stressed I was. <laughs> so if the kids well, were shouting. a big voice. Yes. If the kids were <laughs> shouting, the chances are I was well shouting before it. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, you know, you're right. You should be more tolerant, but perhaps they should also make the same resolution. Oh, that's a good take. Tolerance doesn't happen on its own. I'm just saying. Tolerance doesn't happen in a vacuum. 
Oh my God. We should get one of those like, we, you know, like those uh, samplers. Samplers, yeah. All our sayings or, on it. Or merch. That'd be great in a keep cup. Tolerance doesn't happen in a vacuum. We are going to have so much merch. Also, do you know what I say? I will say, tolerance is overrated. Sometimes if you have to snap, you have to you let just it have to snap. Well, my kids got used to the fact that sometimes mummy got cross. And, you know, and, and the truth is that they, um, uh, you know, if I was cross, I would apologise for being cross, but not necessarily of the thing I was cross at, because sometimes... That's the issue that you've been cross. But they have to see you're human because if they don't know you're human, then they don't have permission to actually express their emotions either. So it's not a bad thing. That's amazing parenting. So what you're saying is... It's okay to be cross out there now. Maybe not to scream in their face. That's not good. But, you know... <laughs> so it's but, like, Mammy was annoyed because you threw your food. Mammy shouldn't have put the bin through the kitchen yeah. window. Yeah, it's, oh, it's okay to apologise for that bit. But it's not right that you threw the food. And I was frustrated. But... Perhaps how I expressed it was incorrect. It's okay to apologise to your kids. I think that I think a lot of people have struggled with that concept. Occasionally, I've fallen out with my son. I feel like you'd lose power. I never apologise. No, no, you never lose power. You never lose power because there is nothing more affecting to someone to see disappointment. <sighs> oh, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. Oh my god, that's the thing that would scare you for life. <laughs> I'm very good at it. <laughs> next up is Brian. He said, next year my plan is to get really ripped. Do you both have any advice? Brian, if you're taking the piss, I go... <laughs> are you saying I we're swear both, to God. Are, are you saying we're both ripped <laughs> I, I, and we can answer that question? Do we have any advice? I'll tell you what my advice is. My advice is, if you're going to get ripped... <laughs> You need to get ready for the emotional roller coaster of depriving yourself. And I'm just not, I'm just not able for it. I tried that one year, right? I decided I was going to get like proper, uh, what's the other word they use? Hench. I was going to get hench, right? Is that a word? Well, I know it's a a word, word, but I didn't know it was like in common use. I think it's very British. I'm so old. Yeah, apparently hench. You're going to be hench. I was going to be. I thought you were talking about hench, you know, the one who cleans your house, like, you know, that one. Miss Hinch, Mrs. Hinch. We we live very different lives. You're in the hinch. I'm in the hinch. The hinch is like you make a list to improve your life by cleaning your house. That's it. Oh. Yeah. I mean, that sounds right up my alley. (laughs) (laughs) You need to meet Hinch. Hinch was not. Leave Hinch. I like I did I did this uh, I went to like this personal trainer for about I'd say six weeks. Mm -hmm. And they were filling you full of these supplements. And oh my God, I was I was so miserable. Like I remember I remember walking to work down Harcourt Street, right? So depressed, like so out of my mind, like because I hadn't had a carb in about, I'd say, two weeks. <laughs> I was. And I was just, I, I remember looking at the Lewis and going, I'm just going to throw myself onto the Lewis. I have yeah, nothing no. to live for. I feel absolutely horrendous. And then I was walking by Cafe Sol and I went in and I bought a pear and almond scone. And I swear to God. It was life changing. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I did a 180. I was on top of the world. I think the goal should be that I want to feel better. So whatever makes you feel better and keeps you reasonably fit and healthy, that's what you should be going for. Ripped, ripped is upkeep. And ripped takes more upkeep than you could be out having fun. I tell you, you can be ripped. I'm glad you said that. You can be you ha- said what makes you feel good. Yeah. That's exactly. Do you know what? I'm glad you said that because I was feeling quite guilty because <laughs> during the lockdown, <clears throat> I paid for <laughs> for 12 sessions of an online Pilates course, right? Why? I, yeah. And I did four of them. And for the other eight... Guilt. I just used to eat biscuits and watch your man doing Pilates on my telly. 
And you know what? You're right. I was right. He was gorgeous, Neve. Oh my <laughs> God. I, I mean, it was unbelievable. I was going to say, I'm this glad you were eating biscuits. hot lad in lovely shorts. <laughs> Just doing platters on my telly. Send me that link later. I will, yeah. He, I'm not sure if that's a sharing experience. Is that something we could do together? Watch that together? Maybe I'd not. be very uncomfortable. Yeah, me too. So, uh, Brendan, next year I'm going to have a positive mental attitude at all times that will work, won't it? Jesus, Brendan, you, you kind of forgot that halfway through that yeah, sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really fell off that horse, Brendan. <laughs> gonna, I, I predict you're going to find it difficult to get <laughs> to get to it. A positive mental attitude, always a good thing. Not always yeah, achievable. Provi- yeah, exactly. But provided you're not, you know, completely denying where you're at. <laughs> Unless you're Snow White or something, you know, li- living a happy life at Disney World. I always find positive people unnerving in situations that are bad. Okay. Because they're always trying to look for the, you know. <laughs> the silver lining. Look, yeah, the silver lining of a pile up. And you're like, you know what? There's there really isn't. Do you know what? Think of one positive thing a day. Yeah. Grateful Diary. You're back to Oprah now. A Grateful <laughs> Diary. Is that what they're called? Yeah, back to Oprah. Uh, is that so her thing? It's a thing. Oh, God, that was so 80s, 90s. Grateful Diary. Are you joking? I never had a Grateful look Diary. It up. Oh, you should. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> you should. It's amazing. I am grateful. It's uh, it's wearing trying to find something grateful every day. But anyway. I would like to see Oprah write a thing, a list of things that she's not happy about. Okay. Because that's a conversation I could have. <laughs> yeah, but here's here's a grateful diary. Here's a grateful diary. Grateful diaries are a little bit like trying to find sins for your first confession. <laughs> When you have no sins, you can't be great. You can't be grateful every day. It's nearly always the same things. <laughs> I apparently, like, when I did my first confession, uh, <laughs> I made. You know the way they didn't bring it into the confession box. Yeah. Uh, they did it at the top of the church. Yes, I but remember. I spoke really loud. Okay, because you know projection, projection. darling, <laughs> darling, <laughs> career in the arts beckoned, <laughs> uh, and I said <laughs> my sin was that I didn't eat my cabbage. But that I didn't like cabbage. That's not really a sin, though. Yeah. So I qualified it. I, I, that's my favourite thing about myself, was that I get my sin was I refused to eat my cabbage. But I don't like my cabbage. And if God has a problem with that, let's have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you used to make up sins when you were like, I yeah. I mean, how stupid is that? Like, I've um, never made up good ones either. No. You know, it was horrible to my sister, but that's like a given. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like, I think if I, if I was re-approaching it now, I'd be like, I was horrible to my sister. So I murdered her. <laughs> we are stopping for a moment to remind you that we are part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. If you would like to support the show, you can pledge as little as five euro a month. And in return, you will get bonus content from us and from all of the other shows on the Headstuff Podcast Network, including... Fascinated. Oh, and who presents Fascinated? Oh, it's just this guy you won't have heard of him. He's really like, he's really cool, but really underground. I think I was interviewed by him once, actually. You were. Uh, a, am I not part of... fantastic episode. You am were. I not? <laughs> You're part of the Fascinated Dynasty, Neve. <laughs> the Headstuff Podcast Network is a hub for the creative and the curious. And if you become a member of Headstuff Plus, you will be supporting your favourite podcasters do what they do best. You'll also get access to exclusives, bonus material and discounts on merchandise from every show on the network. There are plenty of shows to start listening to right now, including Double Love, Basically with Stephanie Preisner and Dubland with PJ Gallagher and Suzanne Kane, as well as a whole host of new shows. Audio dramas from the Bootsy Boys and their only stories to your favourite film classics with the Cinestream Club. 
where all your questions answered by the Agony Rants team of comedian Garod Farley and Irish national treasure Neve Cavanagh. Find all these shows and more on the Headstuff Podcast Network, wherever you're listening right now. Or become a Headstuff Plus member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Lisa, Lisa. I have to stop drinking. Seriously, I'm out of control. <laughs> I don't think you're on your own there, Lisa. The self-awareness <laughs> and that is just absolutely fantastic. But look, Lisa, <laughs> the thing that happens with all of these things is there comes to a crunch. <laughs> That's called rock bottom, isn't it? Yeah. Is it rock bottom? Yeah. And you rebound right off it. Off you mm. go, Lisa. Enjoy. Yeah. It's Christmas. Yeah. Tis the season. I don't think you really mean it, Lisa. Maybe not stop. Maybe just moderate. Moderate is good. Yeah. Okay, so Anya has an observation to you. If we have to lockdown, will you do another bake along or maybe some more gigs with Joanna? You know you want to. I think really I know that Anya wants you to. Anya wants it to. Well, no, I probably won't do another bake along. Um because <laughs> I put on two stone and my cholesterol went through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> Realistically. And my favourite part of that was going to the doctor during the bake along and uh, her saying Garage, you've been on two stone, your cholesterol's through the roof. It's a very change in your diet. <laughs> <laughs> and me going, um, <laughs> I don't think so. Let like, I was think. eating a gatto a week. A gatto, <laughs> a gatto. So, uh, yeah, I, I need to steer away, away from bake alongs for a while. Um, and like the plan is that me and Joanna are going to go on tour. Like I'm going to be her support act for this tour she's doing in Ireland. Um, so g- hopefully, hope, yeah. fingers crossed. Yeah, some of them are going ahead. Some of them are being moved. But anyway, listen, you know, uh, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath and mm-hmm. keep your fingers crossed on you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have a problem. <sighs> we have a problem. Okay, and Suzanne has written in. So I really want to quit my job. At the moment, I work for the civil service and I have done so for the past 20 years. But I'm now at the point where I really need a change. I would love to work in events or interior design, something where I'm out and about and not stuck behind a desk. My husband thinks I'm mad, but he has said before that if I want to change, I should just go for it. We're not wealthy, but we could survive on my husband's salary if I didn't earn for a while. I really would like to take a change in 2022. What do you think? Should I throw caution to the wind? I would say, uh, from reading your letter, I think, yeah. I mean, the safety nets are there. Yeah. But you do, like, I mean, we're on the business end of a pandemic and you're saying events or interior design. Like going into people's houses or... (laughs) Events that are getting cancelled daily. cancelled left, right and centre. Yeah. So, and also events and interior design. Very broad. Very different. Very broad, very different. Yeah. So uh, we are, of a, and we because we were having a little chat about this beforehand, we were just saying the fact that actually you haven't a clear plan. Yeah. You just want change and I'm all for change. Actually, no reason why you can't have it. Yeah. There's no reason why you can't have change and everything's very healthy in this. You're getting support from your husband, although he thinks you're mad. We both have experience about this because we both have come to the precipice. Mm. And the the thing about taking the leap of faith is, and I say this to my kids all the time, absolutely make the leap of faith. Never stay where you're unhappy. But don't jump before you're ready. Yeah. So make a plan. Have a look at where you want to go. Try out. Knowing that you're doing that helps where you are. 
if you're unhappy where you are because you no longer belong to that space. You can actually say to yourself, I am making my escape plan. But don't, you know, I mean, people don't just escape from prison. What they do is they make a plan. You know, they don't. Yeah. You, you make a plan. And <clears throat> even though I didn't plan to win Eurovision, but that's what actually tipped it over for me in the end, because my work got to the point where I couldn't do both. You know, but, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the thing is, it is a very difficult step to take to go from something permanent pensionable. It's a lot easier now than when we would have done it. Certainly when I did it in the 90s, it wasn't a thing. You know, my mother was horrified, nervous of the fact that I would. Horrified is the wrong word, but she was nervous of it because of the fact that it wasn't permanent pensionable what I was going into. But realistically, you know, I was single, I didn't have any dependence, so I was able to make that step and also there was a lot of work there. But, you know, over the years you have moments where you have to pause and say, did I do the right thing? Can I do the other stuff? I think what you're really looking for, Suzanne, is somewhere different to where you are. And I'm all for it, but I think you need to make a plan. I think what Suzanne should do is, because the key to this was, she says she works in the civil service. So I would say, don't quit the day job, just take a career break. Oh, yeah, of course. And also, the two things that you've mentioned there, mm. a lot of the time in those jobs, you spend the time not doing the thing that you want to do. Are. Yeah. Like, so interior design, a lot of that is, okay, you're deciding what goes into somebody's house, but you're also chasing down carpets and you're ringing around saying, this cow wants blue wallpaper. Do you have blue wallpaper? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not. And that could be soul destroying. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, the biggest part of events and interior design is chasing down clients. And yeah. that's not fun. Yeah, it's not fun at all. You so know, you're and we're the same. Work. We're the same. Chasing gigs, doing the admin for the gigs, the fun bit of the gig. Yeah. That's very small compared to the rest of it. Yeah. So you need to be aware. Like I come across this all the time and I always say to people, do what you love in what you're doing. So in other words, you know, if they want to sing, I say find ways to sing, but no, don't make it that you have to make your money straight away on it because it puts an awful lot of pressure on you. Yeah. An awful lot of pressure. When it comes to the point where you do both and it balances out, then it allows you the freedom to do what you need to do. It's very confining. It's, it's much more stressful. It takes all the joy out of it for you if you're not careful. So if you love doing events and interior design, why don't you do it in spare time? Maybe take some time off to do it and see if you like it and see what's involved. But chasing down clients, doing all that sort of stuff, that's hard work. And it's either, it's great if you're driven by it and you know how to do it. It's not something that just happens. And you've got a choice. Yeah. You know, like your choice is that you could take a career break. You could also go part-time and do a course in it. Yeah. Like a part-time course and part-time working is great. But you know what the other thing is? You could just go into the office and say, I'm better than all of you people. Yeah. <laughs> Because that, just, cause just that would end well. Yeah, every every moment I've spent working with you awful people has been a waste. <laughs> Eat my dust. I'm out of here. Okay, Suzanne. That's what I'd go for. Personally, I know we've given some other advice. <laughs> Personally, that would be my choice. <laughs> uh, so, New Year's resolutions, where do we stand? New Year's resolutions, I think it's a good time to have a think. But like, don't make unreal. What's the thing? Don't make rods for your own back. Look at you. Yeah. Don't yeah. make these things that are going to like, you're going to beat yourself up with them all year going, oh, I wanted to get fit and I didn't. Like Brian. Yeah. I mean, I'd love you to be ripped. Yeah. But you might only be ripped for 20 minutes and it's a lot of work. <laughs> and then the more ripped you become, the more upkeep it takes to keep it that way. I know. Yeah. Just be, just be content. I think what you should do is go online and look at the people who were very super ripped when they're older. 
and then suddenly see what happens when you don't keep up the protein and lifting and all that. Sort of. see, I'm glad. I'm just see that was my thinking. Mm. I was just just stay pudgy. <laughs> that was always that was my goal. <laughs> stay pudgy. Pudgy. It's softer. It's somewhere for the cat to relax. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, you know, New Year's resolutions for me are about just taking time. Just, you know, a New Year's resolution for me would be today I'm going to be happy. That's it. Yeah. That's you a great know, one. Today, today I'm going to be happy, Neve. And whatever it takes you. to whatever it takes to make that happy, be it a scone, <laughs> be it be it ten sit-ups, whatever it is, whatever it is that makes you happy, just endeavor to find it in the day. Find the joy in the small things. Trust me, everything is better from there. Happy New Year! This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today.